I've known Dave Conley for a bit now. In fact, he was a guest a couple of times on my previous podcast called Imperfect Action. He is an author of an upcoming book called Muberty, and it's really a, a guide for going from midlife crisis to kick-ass midlife. And Dave is, is not a doctor, but he has taken control of his health as a key step to an amazing midlife. In fact, when I first met him, he was speaking at, at a conference that was really focused on mastering stress and health and fitness. And midlife is a time in our lives when our choices from the past 20, 30 years or so kind of catch up with us. And it's also the time that what we do now will really determine the quality of our health and therefore the quality of our life as we go forward today and even beyond midlife. And Dave shares what he's learned from his own experience as well as from others. I actually didn't think this would be a podcast about health and wellness, except I knew we could touch on it, of course, but there's so many different aspects to midlife. And yet, that is really where we spent the bulk of our conversation. Now, we talk about approaching midlife as a distinct life stage, but then we really get into our shifting health in midlife and you know some of the changes that we all go through, we all start noticing, as well as, and I think this is so key, knowing yourself and avoiding the one-size-fits-all fitness and diet fads. He makes a great point in there that... Um, Things that work for other people may not work for you, and things that work for you may not work for other people. And so it's important to really get to know yourself well. We also spend a bit of time talking about the simple things you can do to make a significant difference in your health right now today. They're not complicated. Most of them are fairly simple. Some of them are things that we probably know we should be doing, but don't necessarily do. But he really emphasizes the importance around it and how to get started with it. And so I really appreciate Dave for both the, the simple practicality of his approach, as well as the focus on finding what works for us now, recognizing that what works for others or even what for, worked for ourselves in the past may not work today. Love to hear what your thoughts about this episode, you know, Please continue to share this episode with, with people that you think would really resonate with, that would like to hear Dave's message and would really benefit from his approach. But for now, if you're ready to play bigger, let's get started. Today's guest is Dave Conley. And oh, Dave, you and I have known each other for a little bit. We actually met through a mutual friend, Bill Courtright, who was yeah. the first guest on this podcast. And you also named this podcast Midlife Mastery. You suggested the name and I loved it. And so that there is a bit of a history there. And so, well, but I always, always like to let guests introduce themselves. So Dave, how do you introduce yourself to people? Oh, great, great question. I am, I am a dream maker and I am a way shower. I am a venture partner. I am an occasional speaker and upcoming author. All, right. All of that usually manifests itself through, through definitely the speaking and the writing. The the the, the that is work, and also as a venture partner, I, I do that dream making and and way showing a lot through that. As I am running a the health and wellness pillar of a venture capital fund. Nice, and you you mentioned soon to be author. You've got a book coming out. So, just quick, you know, paragraph summary of the book and what what's it about? Mm. Yeah, thanks. The name of the book is Muberty. 
It's the guide of going from midlife crisis to a kick-ass midlife. And it really came along and as, as my through midlife uh, and really understanding what this crazy time is and realizing that people around my age were going through like the same things and they manifested in different ways. And we make jokes about this, right? And we make jokes about uncomfortable truths, you know, the 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 nose rings and the boob jobs, the 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 the, the sports cars running off, you know, like it's, it's the jokes of midlife. Right. And I was like, okay, what is this? And it's like, this is actually a really important time of our lives. And I call it muberty for a very, very specific reason is that we all go through this transition in life, this midlife puberty. So midlife is super key. And it's my, my belief is that midlife is the time that you must make changes in order to live the very best second half of life. You have to have changes in thinking, changes in how you treat yourself and your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, shifts in your relationship, shifts in your vocation. All of those things come together at this time. So how do you channel that energy? How do you make it so that it's just the amazing second half? And that's what I wrote about. Awesome. And of course, you know, I, you know, dying to read it because that's really kind of the essence of this podcast is me trying to figure that stuff out as you know, <laughs> I hit midlife and yeah, re- realize that as I look around, none of the, none of the stereotypes and tropes seem to fit who I was. The, the advertisers reaching out to me missed me entirely, you know, just what midlife is normally represented as isn't how I felt about me other than I knew this was, you know, you mentioned kind of a, a time of transition, but it, no one ever mentioned, Hey, there's this transition. It's just, I mean, midlife, that's like the part in the middle. That's not even like, that's not even, you don't even think of that as a transition. Like you do, you know, other things. So I like the idea of puberty. you know, it's a definitive transition. There is something happening here that we will all go through. 100%. So where should we even start talking about this? Because, I mean, you mentioned like several facets of life there from health and fitness, you know, Careers come up, I know, in, in midlife. The well, I, I guess trying to recapture the youth and not do it in a foolish way. So let, let's reframe that a little bit and just, you know, how do we feel at our best about who we are, who we are becoming? Wow, that those are like seven deep questions there. <laughs> it's so all just, of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, um, and that's where a lot of the confusion is, right? It's like, why do I feel so weird? And I'm like, well, welcome to puberty. Like you, you felt weird in puberty too. I'm like, yes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be weird. It is. And it yeah. feels like now, and I don't know if this is true. It feels like midlife is different now than it used to be, but maybe that's just because I'm going through it now versus just watching people go through it. But well, all right. So for this transition, for this puberty transition, like where do we even start? Like, what do we need to know? I mean, because it is multifaceted. So where sure. is a good place to just start thinking about how to reframe our life so that, you know, put ourselves in a good position right now. You said right now is the time for transition. Where do we start? Oh, wow. That's a big question. I I think, well, first is recognition, right? Just recognition as to where you're at and that you're not losing your mind. And and even folks that are just like, don't feel any particular, like, Hey, this is midlife time. All you have to do is ask a few questions, which is okay. The, the folks that I've talked to, and I've interviewed a ton of people on this. It's like the moment that they felt just a little bit on the, like, Oh shoot, I'm, I'm in midlife is the moment after a year of, of fighting it. The moment that they said, Oh, I need reading glasses. (laughs) That's that. 
Oh yeah, much better. So that's that your body's changing out from underneath you, right? You've often, we, we put on weight. There's a chronic condition or a chronic medication that you get put on. Doctors that I've spoken to had said, yeah, you know, like three things tend to, to get us all at the end of the phase of our life, which is heart disease, cancer, or stroke. And it's not uncommon for somebody to hit up one of those in midlife. And, and we tend to all recover from it in midlife. So it's one of those like, oh, holy smokes, something big has, has come up. So our, our body changes out from underneath us. And there is often that is like, oh, I want to get back into the shape I was. I, my, 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 I know that, that, that trying to get into the shape that you were in in your 20s, when you're in your 30s and 40s, that's not a good idea because you can do a lot of damage. And actually you can get into much better shape than when you were in your 20s and 30s that I have found. I'm in better shape today than I have been at any point in my life. And it's optimized for who I am at this point in my life. Very different. If I did the same things that when I was in my 20s, actually I was I wasn't in shape in my 20s, but if somebody who was in shape in their teens and 20s, if they're trying to get back to that, I have not found it yet that it's a that it's a good idea. It's like, oh, I just want to fit into these pants. It's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, so that that shift in health is big. And that's often the wake up call. You mentioned this almost seems like a paradox. Like don't try to get in the shape you were in your twenties. And by the way, you can get in better shape. So yeah, what is how, what's different if, I mean, don't do what we did, but you can be better now. Explain that a little bit. Sure. Uh, the, the thing about midlife and where you are in this transitionary time, uh, and yeah, there are sex differences for, for sure, differences between men and women, obviously, but also in the health-wise. Generally, again, so we'll, be, we'll do massive generalizations, is both sexes go through fundamental shifts in their health, and they are both often hormone-related. We are, we are chemicals all the way down, right? And our hormones run the show. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's something that we often don't talk about. And for men, hormones need to be optimized. For women, they need to be balanced. And and we can we can dive into that a little bit more. However, the the overarching thing is this: changing how we think about about our health and getting very quantifiable as to what's happening and getting very into what's going on with our health. If you are on social media, if you're, you know, getting your, 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 and it's something that we often don't talk about. And for men, hormones need to be optimized for women. They need to be balanced. And, and we can, we can dive into that a little bit more. However, the, the overarching thing is this changing how we think about, about our health and getting very quantifiable as to what's happening and getting very, very into what's going on with our health. If you are on social media, if you're, you know, getting your, 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 your diet and health advice from podcasts, God bless you. That's great. And that's an interesting place to begin. However, I know working from a lot with a lot of people and, and one of my careers was, was helping people lose a lot of weight, particularly because it started with myself. I lost 150 pounds and then I got into that field is that we are precious snowflakes. We are all different in that 
you get this mythology of like, hey, just eat keto, you'll be great. Just be a vegan, you'll be great. Just do vegetarian, just eat low carb, high fat, just just do this, just you know, eat pescatarian, eat like, and you'll be healthy. Untrue. It's all true and it is untrue, right? The difference is, is really learning on how your body actually performs given where you're at, because the combination of factors that, that you have and the combination of factors that I have, meaning how we grew up, our genetics, our current environment, our current stress, our current body mass, and where we're at, how we've treated our body over the course of our lives, and all of the different combination of factors that we are today, and all of those things go into a unique profile that says, hey, all of those things may work, but they may not work for you. And so getting really crystal clear on what to do with that. It's like, okay, well, you know, I've tried that and it didn't work. Gotcha. That's where you have to get super curious. And that means going and seeing how you feel, getting blood work done, getting a genetic test done, getting really curious about your body and where it's at and getting a team of practitioners around it that 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 really are that are really pulling for your individual health rather than you just throwing darts at a board. Let's get really specific for a moment, right? Well, and let, let me jump yeah. in but before we get get there, Dave, sure. and please yeah, yeah. do get specific. No, but interrupt interrupt me anytime. So, you know, my experience with going to the doctor is well, it's very brief, you know, they usually you have something wrong. Otherwise, you know, why would you be there? And maybe they prescribe something. Maybe they do a very, very simple blood test for a very specific reason. So how do you find doctors that are looking more for optimization in health versus just not letting you die? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great point, particularly in Western, particularly in North American, particularly in U.S. medicine. It's uh, like, here's a pill, get out of my office. We're done now because the combination of basically insurance and pharmaceutical companies have created a a production environment where practitioners get very little time and they have to fix something rather than prevent something. So it's just a it's just a perversion of actual health, right? Yeah. So where do we find that? Because there are doctors out there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be mentioning it. <laughs> yeah. Two things go uh, hand in hand first, right? The first is, what do you want? Like, what do you actually want? You know, like because your health goals and my health goals are going to be radically different, and how we approach those are going to be different. And we may both want to say lose weight, right? But the approach is going to be different. If I ate exactly what you ate and you ate exactly what I, yeah, you're going to have different health outcomes. So getting really serious about like, what is it that you want? What's your health goal? The, then it's like, okay, how do you measure success there? Right. And who's going to help you along that path? Sometimes it's health coaches. Sometimes it's, it's medical practitioners, Eastern, Western, all of those things. Recognizing this fundamental truth is this, no doctor no practitioner, Eastern or Western, no coach, none of them are actually responsible for your health. You are. You are the only person. So you have to learn up on these things. You have to get knowledgeable about these things. And it does take time, money, and energy to do it. Relying on insurance companies, relying on pharmaceutical companies, and relying on sort of the system as is, is insufficient. 
you do have to spend your own time, money, and energy, and you have to learn these things because there is, I would say, nothing more important than your health. Some other big things that I've I've learned is is I often choose DOs rather than MDs. Uh, they're both medical doctors, right? They just have different trainings, and DOs tend to look at holistic rather than sort of uh, individual things. That is a gross generality, but I love my DOs more more often than my my MDs. Although I have gotten quite curious MDs. The second thing is this interview your, your, your medical practitioners. And I have found that one question weeds out the good ones from the bad ones. And that is how do you maintain your, 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 your professional development? What are you interested in? What are the conferences? What are the, the, the things that you read? What are the, what are the, the things that you maintain your, your professional development? If they are Hey, I'm really interested in longevity. I'm really interested in, you know, midlife. I'm really interested in in hormones. I'm really interested in if you find that they're really excited about a topic and then they go and they do that just as as the the awesome scientific nerds that they are, that's your person because they're curious. If they're sort of like, "Eh, I go to a conference every now and then because it's in a cool location." Yeah, they're not your person. That takes time. You've got to interview these people. You just can't accept it as getting in the machinery. You're the one responsible. You have to figure out what your health goals are and you have to learn up about these things. It will take time. All right. Thank you. And so I, and I interrupted you, you were about to get into specifics. You were talking about blood work and different things to get done. And so let's pick back up right there. Oh, certainly the, the, one of the things that, that I've done with all of my clients and what I I pay a lot of attention to is, is running really good hormone panels. We, you know, we, the machinery of the human really runs on hormones and the big ones are the stress hormones like cortisol, the, the, the metabolic ones like uh, glucose and, and how, you know, like how uh, your body like transforms energy, you know, food into energy and, and also your sex hormones, which are mostly poorly named, you know, like testosterone and progesterone that, that they're, they're more in line with, those are the general areas where these hormones are are produced. However, what they do is very expansive. You know, so like a sex hormone is, I would say, just poorly named. Uh, you know, like testosterone sort of runs the show for a guy, and progesterone and testosterone women get a lot of of of, of extras in there. I really run, you know, a lot of her world and. For a man, you know, getting those good hormone panels and understanding particularly how testosterone and affects all of the other sets of hormones, whether it's your rest and digest, you know, stress hormones, or also how it affects your metabolism, super key. Often, if you optimize one in, say, the testosterone space, men tend to to uh, come in line, but it takes months of figuring that out. Women, you know, looking at where her uh, progesterone, testosterone are, and in relation to all of the other hormones, super key. It's like, because for a man, you can sort of like dial it in on one and they all come in line. For a woman, it's dialing in all of them and and getting them uh, all working together. And that tends to really, really get things going. Saying all of that, that's great. 
It's also further down the line. Some of the things that that I always start with is, you know, like if you want to make serious positive inroads on your health, you know, it 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 starts with simple things like making sure you get enough water, like a like like really good clean water, making sure that you have a good stress and meditative practices that that you're starting your day well with 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 intention. Uh, and that you're you're really dialing in your sleep. Like I, if you are overweight, chances are really high that you have crappy sleep. And these things go hand in hand. These are honestly the basics you can start with, and it brings a lot of things in line. Does that make sense? It does. And so, and I love starting with the basics, and that, that almost seems too easy. Like, no, we don't. You know, skip that. Don't worry about that. I want to get to the real stuff. But obviously, that is the foundation. Yeah. And and I like that it's simple. You know, water, drink water. I mean, I know in my own life, I if I start my day just having a big glass of water right when I get up, my day goes better. Like, I just yeah. feel better about the world. And yeah. it, it's a little thing. You mentioned that if you're overweight, you probably have really crappy sleep. What is the connection there? Hmm. Well, you know, sleep is a magical time that we spend a third of our life doing it, and it has very specific functions. It is the time when we are uh, resting and resetting. It is the time when we are we are creating memories. It is a time when our our entire systems are are coming back into alignment to set us up for the rest of the day. And when you are chronically underslept, we make poor decisions. We make poor decisions of how we eat. We get stressed in different ways. We are unable to actually digest because we're in a heightened alerted state. Our our uh, immune system does not work optimally. There is a cascade of including you know. In indicators of, of serious long-term uh, conditions like, like dementia, heart disease, cancer, you know, like all of these things are associated with chronic lack of sleep. And when it, when it, when it gets down to it, there is nothing more important as far as how we, we treat ourselves, how we, how we, how we, how we live in this world is, is really, really good, solid sleep. And for everyone, anyone listening to this, if you aren't actually actively tracking your sleep, then that's the first thing. Getting really curious is, is the beginning here. And, and having a way to say, if I do this, then this happens. To be able to run experiments, to be a quantifiable self, track your sleep. It is, it is super key that will naturally lead to other things. Like one of the biggest health indicators of you know healthy life is heart rate variability. And heart rate variability is, is, is rarely, a, really a very simple concept. It just says that your heart changes rate, heart rate variability, optimally. It goes quick when it needs to go quick and it goes slow when it needs to go slow. So if it's quickly shifting gears, then you are much healthier than kind of the slow gear, right? You know, just think of a, think of the difference between shifting gears in a, in a, in a car that hasn't been maintained at all. You know, the oil's never been changed. The transmission's never been changed. It's, it's a, it's, it's a 45 year old car and you're just like struggling to get up the hills of, 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 of Colorado going up the mountain. Yeah. That's going to be very different than, you know, a, a 45 year old car that has been lovingly cared for by, by, you know, by, by your favorite car nerd, who's just like had all the transmission and the oil and it's got great you know gas in it. You're going to be driving much better in that. So same thing, heart rate variability. That is 
quantifiable self, tracking your sleep, and then dialing in what good sleep means for you. Often, I mean, you'll hear this a million times. Often it's the three big ones, which is cold, dark, and quiet. Colder than you think, dark, like pitch black. I often carry a, a black tape around with me to, to like, you know, put over things if I'm in a hotel and quiet. So, you know, those three things, making it a cave often uh, affects a lot of, uh, a lot of that. So that's, that's the basics. If you can dial in your sleep, often the rest of your life snaps into gear. You start losing weight. You're much more sane. You're happier, <laughs> you know, get that, get that one in. And that is a foundational practice for all right. So we, we get our, our sleep dialed in as part of that health model. And I was also wondering, you know, is it that our needs are so different in midlife from when we were younger for, for sleep, nutrition, fitness, and all that? Or is it that now we've just kind of, we've used up all our reserves from bad habits and this is when it all catches up with us and when we really need to reverse it. And maybe that's the same difference, but it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, there are no quick, as much as, as, as social media, as much as, as pharmaceutical companies, as much as the supplement companies will tell you or want you to believe there are no quick fixes, like period, end of story. There is no, like, just take this pill and you will be fine. The, we are the sum of our experiences that happen over time, essentially. So the, the drip, drip, drip of our environment and our, our practices and and our inputs and and how we feel about them and our mental and emotional and uh, spiritual and physical states go to make up this existence and how we feel about something and our emotional capabilities affects all of that as much as the other way around. Descartes did a real disservice to us in the in the 7th, 17th century by separating the mind and the body and it it bled into you know like our our sciences and our and our you know our spirituality practice like it bled into everything you know on the western side what a tremendous disservice we are one human like you can think yourself well think yourself sick you know that is a reality right you know it's just it's it's to think otherwise you know just the placebo effect it's like yeah if you believe that something's going to work for you yeah, it will. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, like, think about that. Think about that for a moment because yeah, if you believe something's going to work for you, it will, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 what's amazing about us as humans is that we are, we are both incredibly complex and dumb monkeys at the same time. We are evolutionarily very, very similar uh, to where we were 200,000 years ago. And uh, except that we have, we have access to the wealth of, of human knowledge and, and uh, constant communications all the time. We're not meant for this. Like we, we are, we have stone age minds in, and bodies in the 21st century of, of, of where we are. It's, it's cray cray. Uh, so we have not caught up and we probably never will. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about that a little bit, Dave, because to me, that seems like a, a source of stress and a source of some of the craziness we see in the world of just, you know, people not, and I don't know that we consciously think about, but people feeling left behind, people feeling irrelevant, people yeah. keeping up now, but just by their fingertips and wondering, you know, where it's all shifting to people still trying to master where we were 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, just almost living in a different time, just because the world changed so fast. Yeah. So we're not going to stop the world from changing. We're not going to 
change that our brains are desperately trying to keep up because, you know, they, (laughs) that they really matured in a previous age. And now we're trying to, you know, master all this. So what are some of the things that we can do to, I don't know, um, just help with, with that stress, that anxiety, that how do Mm -hmm. I fit into the world? And I know that's a big question, but just thinking. Holy smokes. All right. Well, yeah, that, that is (laughs) like how long you got. Okay. I know what's true for me right? Uh, Perfect. For what is absolutely true for me is, is having really, really strong, you know, attention practices. And, you know, the, the basics are, are having a really good, solid mindfulness and meditation practice as a part of your, your world. And that, you know, that is, that is very grounding and that is very, that is very focusing and centering. That's it's, it, it's, you know, it, it, you, you, you you don't have to hear anything more on that. We wisdom is just wisdom because it keeps on getting repeated. What I just said is two thousand years old or more. Like like the ancient uh, Babylonians and Egyptians were carving this into rock thousands of years ago. So having a mindfulness and meditation practice, this wasn't new. Let me, let me clue you in, not new news. So that's why it keeps on coming up, right? So that's very focused. And as far as on the input side, I, I know that our phones are, they're, they're, they're made by the devil. I mean, they are, they are built, uh, custom built, and uh, weaponized through artificial intelligence and the latest in from psychology and sociologists and behaviorists to grab our attention at every moment. Because the more that these companies have your attention, the more money they make, the higher their stock rate, right? Uh, the higher their stock price, and the more yachts they can own. So you know, we you know the 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 documentary, The Social Dilemma, which if you haven't seen on Netflix is terrifying. And I know because I was there, I helped create this mess. So I'm sorry. I, 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 this wasn't our intention. What I know is that these, that your attention is your most valuable commodity. And when you don't pay for something, then you are the commodity. So if you are not paying for Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or, 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 you know, your phone or, or whatever, right? Like if you're not paying for something, you know, a service through your computer or your phone or, or a device or whatever, you are the commodity. And that means that they want your attention so that they can separate you from your money because that's how they make money. And so that's, that's the first thing inputs have to be controlled. And you will know if you've got like a, like a thing here to work on is if you just do one thing, leave your phone at home for a day and see how you feel. If you just decide to walk out your door without your phone, like we did 10 years ago, it hasn't been that long, 10 years, right? If you walk out of the out of your home with a phone and if you have a negative feeling to that, you've got a problem. It's like for real, you've got a thing. And that is means you, it, that your attention needs your attention. Just thinking about that, actually, like I, on one hand, I like to be able to say, well, no, I can leave my phone, no problem. And I started thinking, well, what if I have to contact someone? What if there's an emergency? What if something happens? Like, I mean, I grew up, yeah. we, we both grew up in a time when like you had no contact with phones anywhere <laughs> when you're None. a kid out running around the neighborhood playing. Yeah. Zero. So 
And, you know, the number of emergencies that come up in my life are very, very few and far between. So it's not even like a rational thought of like, well, what if I don't have it? <laughs> so that's actually really disturbing. And thank you for that, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't leave your phone at home. Just um, once. Just, just once. Yeah. It's go, uh, go old school cool. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll meet you at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got kind of the, the health and we talked about, you know, just, just kind of sleep and we talked about, you know, kind of mindfulness there. Yeah. I was curious if there's anything just, I mean, you had mentioned that everyone's body is different. Every, everything is different, but are there some basic nutritional principles that broadly apply to most people, like a place where people should start experimenting? sort of here. Well, we'll get back to the first things first, which is like, what's your health goal for a lot of people? It is just losing weight. Uh, but it's also like, what's underneath all of that. If your hormones are out of whack, then it's going to be difficult for you to lose weight. If your sleep's out of whack, your hormones are going to be out of whack that it's going to be difficult to lose weight. Uh, and for most people also, it is not the, the, the food itself. They may actually be dialed in as to what it is. It is the behavioral changes necessary in order to make this happen. Right. So what are the reasons why you are eating the wrong things at the wrong time and all of those. And so like, people really want this, like, just do this, just eat keto, just eat vegan, just eat this and you'll be fine. Well, if that was true, then we would all be fine and we would stop talking about this. That is, so it's not the case. Right. So, you know, live up to that first lie, which is like, yeah, you actually got to work as to one, what do you want? And two, how do you want to get there? And how do you know you're going to get there? One of the things that I, I found is also that that we believe that like calories are God's gift. Like, like it's like, ah, if I just paid attention to calories, you know, counted every single one and da, 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 you know, it's like, ah, I got my macros for the day and the rest of it. You know, calories are 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 kind of BS because you know, if you look back at the history of calories, it's really just a it's just an energy function that is calculated by burning whatever it is and, 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 and calculating the amount of energy to take something basically to ash. Uh, and it was like, okay, that is a kilo calorie. That is the, just the amount of energy put into a substance in order to like take it to ash. It does not say how your body actually consumes it. A beer calorie, a beef calorie and a butter calorie are all treated extremely differently by your body. And they will be slightly different for you as for me. This is where all these combinations come into effect, right? And therefore the calorie is just, it doesn't need to be number one. It needs to be in there, but it's, it's like two or three, not number one, even though it's the simple one that we all focus on. Are calories important? Yes, only because of the, 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 the laws of thermodynamics, the amount of energy you put into a system has to come out, right? So it's it like the, the math still has to work and it's just not number one. So how your body actually treats those calories is way more important. The only thing that we know for absolute certainty out of all of it is sugar will kill you. <laughs> that is... That is the one thing. And it is in everything. Like it is in everything. It is actually hard to find anything without sugar these days. And it hides in 
in juices. It hides in meat. It hides in, in canned, anything that's processed. It's like, if you, if you like a, if you get one of those rotisserie chickens at the store, take a look at it. It's often covered in sugar. Uh, that's how they make it look all brown and delicious. And I'm like, oh my God. So, uh, you know, try and get a pasta sauce without sugar in it. A, um, a, uh, a, a, a broth, you know, any kind of broth, you know, covered in, in, in sugar. So on and on and on, it's because it tastes good. Right. And so we consume way more sugar than our body can actually store and process and the rest of it. And that leads to a whole host of primarily heart disease, sugar and heart disease are, are, are primary factors with each other. And the sugar industry worked very hard to separate them. And it's not the case. If you, it, heart disease will kill you and sugar is among the, the highest reasons. So we just consume way too much because it's hiding in everything. That is the like, one thing I can absolutely say. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, I think of sugar and diabetes and, and other health issues, uh, but I've never heard it connected to heart disease. Yeah, it's a primary, it is the primary cause of heart disease. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, no, I mean, not a doctor layman here, but so I only understand so much about it, but what, what, is, what is the contributing factor there or what happens in our bodies? Oh, uh, again, not a doctor. This is this actually UCSF, uh, University of California, uh, San Francisco, has uh, a tremendous uh, amount of resources on this, particularly around sugar. So if you if you do do your do your favorite search engine on this, that will help you out. There's there is oh, so sugar contributes first and foremost to inflammation, and then it 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 in combination with the with the 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 food that you have in your system, the bad fats that you have and specific bad fats with the sugar go, go hand in hand to, to how you, um, how you process those calories, how you store those calories and how you, how you uh, build muscle and how your, your veins actually function, the, the plasticity of those veins in an inflamed state. And with the, the, the sugar, it will tend to create either blockages or your veins to stop being as flexible or both. And sugar is that, that main component of there of inflammation and depositing those, 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 those lipids to the, the, the walls of your veins without, without sugar, it's very difficult for anything to attach actually the, the actual function of it. So it has to go with, so like if you, if you, if you went to a low fat diet and uh, you kept the same amount of sugar, you still have heart disease. If you went to a low salt diet and you kept the same amount of sugar, you still have heart disease. It is, it is, it is a big piece of how we get blockages and how we maintain that inflammation and inflammatory response and our inability to actually clear that starts with sugar for sure. hundred percent. That's fascinating. I now again, not a doctor. Don't play one right. on TV. There are actually doctors that disagree with this, but Hey, keep on digging into the, into the literature. The American heart association actually says a lot about sugar. And they also say a lot about the protective nature of testosterone in both men and women. You know, it, it's our, our testosterone is actually very low and it's treated very, very low for both men and women medically. Now, health-wise raising our testosterone levels, and that can be done in a number of ways, both naturally or through, through hormone replacement has heart benefit heart beneficial effects. And, and so saying all of that, 
getting really clear about how your body works. Also, there could be genetic factors I and, and questioning a lot of those things. There are some people that genetically, they are going to treat treat the, um, the lipids and oils you know, very differently in the system than, than someone else. And so getting really clear as to what is going on with your system and getting really clear as to what the lipid profile is, I found that most doctors just don't run enough tests or run deep enough. Often you'll just see HDL and LDL uh, cholesterol. And underneath that, there are dozens of molecular sizes of those. And so there are very, very good lipids. And then there are very, very, very bad lipids. And then there's this kind of this host of ones that are kind of in between, right? Uh, so knowing how your body is actually, you know, working and and what you can do, like for instance, I have completely changed the the oils that I use because of that deep deep look at my lipid profile. I really can only have two different oils right now that are good for me. Others that you've heard aren't good for me, even though you hear in the popular media, oh, coconut oil or butter. I actually can't have those because of me not because of, of, of anything else other than the genetics of how I process fats. I can't have coconut oil and I can't have, I, I, I can't have a butter or ghee or our rapeseed oil. You know, these are, these are commonly like, these are the good oils. They're not good for me. I can have avocado and olive oil. And that's just because of, of how my body body reacts. That's why you need to get curious. Yeah. And that that's, that's a great point, Dave, because I don't know. It seems like we, we do try and break it down to the one simple thing. What's the calorie count? What's the one diet you should do? You know, what, what are the foods that are perfect for everybody? And, um, you know, what works for most is not the same as what works for all. And so that's, uh, that's an important distinction. I, I think to, to remember as we start researching and as we think about this, because I mean, it seems like we do want the simple answer, the one number that tells us everything. And, no. you know, it just, it doesn't exist that I've ever found. We talked actually a lot about health, health and wellness. Um, yeah, we started off this conversation with so many different facets of life coming into mid, <laughs> midlife and puberty, as you put it. And, you know, there's also just kind of the, the reinvention that comes from midlife. That might be career change. That might be relationships changing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just kind of quick recap here, you know, on the health piece was, you know, I, different people are different. So know what your goals are, find doctors who are on your side, uh, sleep better, make sure you're getting plenty of water, cut out sugar, bad, bad sugar. Let me, let me just add, add a piece to that because it's a, it's a fallacy. The using, oh, I'm just different as an excuse is, is a hard, no full stop. Meaning, mm. Oh, it's just genetic. I'm different. I'm big boned. I, you know, like I'm just built that way. You know, like I've always been overweight. If you are, oh my God, I, other than like a very small subset, I mean, like, like six or seven genes that we know of that are, that are black and white, meaning, meaning that we have, we have lots of genes and we know what they do. And there are maybe six or seven that are absolutely, if they're on or off, this is what it is. And it's not going to change, right? <laughs> what we know today is that genes and how they expressed, they can be turned on, they can be off. Even if they're on, they can be muted. If they're off, they can be expressed. Like, like, like genes are not a death sentence, nor a, a life sentence. And using them as an excuse 
stop with that. So it's like, ah, I'm just different. Stop that. I have fundamentally changed my entire body and my entire life after, you know, coming into it as uh, sick and overweight and on dozens of medications meant for people that were, you know, twice my age. And now I'm in the best shape of my life and it takes a concerted effort. And if you're starting with, uh, I'm just like that or two, I don't have the time. That's okay. Uh, just know that the consequences are the kind of health that you want to have later in life. If you want to live longer and live long better, meaning your health span is longer and your disease span is shorter, then you have some changes to make. You have to be focusing on your health. And I know that your body has a tremendous ability to focus your attention when things go wrong. If you get that cancer diagnosis, if you get that heart attack, if you get that, you're everything, everything will stop and you will focus on this because your body can focus you. So you can either take care of it now or your body's going to take care of it. That's my, that is the cautionary tale here. Well, and you know, that's a, that's a nice call out there that while we need to understand our differences, they're not an excuse for where we want to go. And we we need to know what they are. So we know where we're starting from, how how to build the process and get there. But there was still a process to be built. It may look different for you, may look different for me, but we can still get there. And, you know, the nice reminder that we are going somewhere. So how do we want to arrive when we get there? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Whatever you may believe, you know, whatever your your creed is, whatever your your belief system is, this experience will end for all of us. It has for everybody who has come before us. And so the question is, how do you want it to go? Yeah, (laughs) That, that is it because it is only, it truly is only up to you. Well, and that that health span versus disease span, you know, I I've heard people talking about that. You know, basically, the difference between living a full healthy life and having a very minor disease span, you know, just yeah, reasonably quick after a long life versus spending 20 years sick and this long, right. slow grinding wind down. Yeah. And so I'm not sure if I'm inspired or depressed by that thought, actually, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't so inspire. <laughs> I, I would hope that everybody is inspired in that one. It's not too late until it is right. Mm. Uh, you know, like the, 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 I, 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 I live this, I first heard it from Jeff Bezos of all people, but he was using it in the sense of, of business. And I, I, I've looked at it through my life, which is living a regret-free life. And that regret-free means that regrets are just delayed decisions. So if you have a regret on something, if you have the time, meaning if you are breathing right now, and <laughs> then you uh, can make the change, you can make a different, you can take a different decision. And, and that's where when it comes to you and your practices and your course and your life, the, the idea that you can't or you won't or you don't because of something else or someone else or some other circumstances, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the right partner, I don't have the right job, I don't have this, I don't have this. That's on you. That is on you. Changing those no's, can'ts, and won'ts into yes, can's, and wills and seeing where the fear is, where the place is, where are the limits, where what's stopping you, and getting on like what is most important in your life is key. If, if, if it is about health and wellness, like we've talked a lot about here today, I would say that any positive change in your life maybe it's a change in your career or your relationships or your communities or all of those things. Those things are so much harder, maybe even impossible 
if you don't have your health straight. And if your health is straight, then changes naturally start to happen in all aspects of your life. Your relationships improve with your with your 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 kids or your parents or your partner. Your job improves or they change in fundamental ways. And that can only happen if you're really paying attention to what you have agency over. Your mind, your body, your heart, your spirit, it starts there and then it ripples out. We think that it starts, oh, I'll just change my job and everything will be fine. No. You have to change you and then everything will be fine. Dave, that is a perfect stop to end right there. Very nice wrap up. So I guess just kind of final thoughts, where can people find you if they want to find out more kind of about, about your thoughts, what your process and, and all that? Hmm, that's a great question because I am I am transitioning how I touch into the world. So, uh, you know, like if they if they reach out through your podcast and you so uh, feel free to we will we will connect that way. You know, I'm I'm not really paying much attention to social media these days for very specific reasons, but if you do reach out on either Facebook or or Instagram, I'll eventually get to it, just not it right away. Another way would be email. Again, I'm not very good at it, only in the sense of like, I don't write it like most people do. So reaching out, if you have any questions on email is absolutely fine. And it's a, it's a, it's a funny thing. It's Dave, D-A-V-E, at Limitless. And this is how it's spelled. L-I-M-I-T-L dot E-S. So no dot com, no dot org, none of that. It's just dot Yes. So it's limitless without the last S. Excellent. Well, Dave, uh, I know we'll get you back on once the book is coming out and talk more about it then, but thank you so much for being on today. Pleasure, Brock. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And I'd love to know what you think, what really resonated for you about this episode or about the podcast in general. And the best way to let me know is to simply leave a review at lovethepodcast.com forward slash midlife mastery. That's it. www.lovethepodcast.com forward slash midlife mastery. And there, by leaving a, a rating, by leaving some comments on what you liked, what resonated for you, not only does it help me know what's really working for you and so I can keep doing it and do more of it, but it also lets other people discover the podcast and be able to take this information, this inspiration into their own lives. Because one of the things that I've really come to appreciate is really just the community out there around creating a phenomenal midlife. You know, we're all in it together. We're all going through our own challenges and there's a lot of information and inspiration that we can learn and pick up from each other. So please keep sharing, keep reviewing, and uh, keep making comments. I'd love to see over on Instagram, just in it is at Midlife Mastery Podcast on Instagram and connect with a lot of people there. That's probably the primary social media site that I use. And uh, so anyway, I think that's it. Let's go have a great day.